Hello and welcome to the Money Marketing Podcast. I'm Sam Robert, the Pensions Reporter at Money Marketing, and we're joined today by Tim Smith, Senior Associate at Law Firm Evershed, and we're going to be talking about the future of pensioners' tax relief. Um, last week was George Osborne's summer budget, and he well, used this phrase, pensions could be more like ICES, um, and launched a consultation effectively looking at the whole sweep of uh, the whole system. Um, Tim, what options are on the table? Well, the consultation is kind of really wide open. Um, George Osborne, when he stood up at the dispatch box, hinted that the government's been considering actually completely turning the system of pensions tax relief on its head. Um, So at the moment we have a system where contributions are exempt from tax, investments roll up exempt from tax, and then benefits are taxed on the way out, a kind of EET system. Um, And the government clearly has been considering behind the scenes turning that on its head to a TEE system so that essentially income is taxed and then it would be paid into a pension plan but then you could take it out tax-free at the end so so that's the kind of most radical suggestion that's on the table Um, but then the government has indicated that they're really open to any suggestions uh, within that that spectrum so we could end up up with something more in the middle ground Uh, so really anything's possible Mm, including nothing Including nothing. Yeah, the, the consultation paper does leave that open, fortunately. <laughs> and whether that's genuine or not, I guess we'll, we'll wait to see. Because I, I suspect there will be quite a lot of pushback from the industry uh, against the idea of completely turning uh, the system of tax relief on its head mm. uh, because of the uh, complexity that that would introduce and the, the disruption that that would cause. Um, I think for providers, if you move from the existing system to a, a system where benefits or contributions are taxed on the way in, uh, administratively for providers, that's going to introduce a huge amount of complexity and, f- and for schemes. Um, I mean, for example, they, chances are they would they would have to ring fence savings built up under the current system and savings built up under the new system uh, because one would need to be taxed on the way out and the other has already been taxed. So uh, administratively it creates an issue, particularly in the low-cost environment that we're now operating in. Mm-hmm. Um, and also member communication. I mean, trying to communicate this to members, um, you know, for advisors and trustees and providers, uh, the system is already complex enough. But trying to tell people, you know, this pot will be taxed on the way out, but by the way, you can get some of it tax-free, and this pot has already been taxed, so you can take it tax-free. And then mm-hmm. trying to help people understand the most tax-efficient way to take their savings, I think, you know is going to be a real challenge. So I suspect that there'll be quite a strong pushback from the industry against the idea of turning it on its head. Um, and, and I guess we'll wait to see whether the government has already made its mind up or not. Mm. One of the um, areas, I suppose, of concern for a lot of people is the DB world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like if we brought in the change, it would have to be across the whole spectrum. It couldn't just be... Could there be a DB carve-out? Um, I mean, that politically probably th- wouldn't there be There could, but I think it would be very difficult because... Um, I think really you need to treat DC and DB members fairly um, and equally because I mean there's already a discrepancy in the way that uh, DC and DB benefits are taxed for things like the lifetime allowance um, and the annual allowance and I think there's already a sense that DC members get uh, the kind of rough end of things in terms of how taxation applies to benefits. So I think if you were to turn the system on its head just for DC I think I think that would be very controversial. So. I struggle to see that happening. Mm. So if it was introduced, what would the impact be on DB schemes? Um, I think for DB schemes, I mean, one of the big issues would be uh, whether you still get tax relief on employer contributions. Um, 
so whether employer contributions would still benefit from from favourable tax treatment, uh, because if that was to go, that would you know really undermine support uh, you know from from employers. Uh, I think the other question for DB is just how you work out what the contribution is for tax purposes. Um, you know, presumably it would have to be done on some kind of basis in terms of the benefits that have accrued during that year. But you could have people facing quite significant tax charges. Um, on, you know, e- even in relatively low-paid jobs where they've got a, a generous DB pension scheme. Mm. Um, and another issue that has been raised is um, sort of moves in Europe to produce mm-hmm. a pan-European mm-hmm. personal pension system. Um, what are other countries in Europe? I mean, what, what do their systems look like, and how would we be kind of moving away from that if we went down the uh, this other route? Yeah, it's, it's quite ironic, really. The day before the budget, uh, IOPA, the European Pensions Regulator, published a paper uh, on uh, creating and establishing a framework for pan-European personal pension plans. Um, but but the day after George Osborne announces the prospect of, of turning the tax system on its head, which would introduce a real challenge for establishing a pan-European arrangement, because most systems in Europe uh, operate on the basis of the EET uh, tax regime that we currently operate. Um, so if if the UK was to uh, kind of turn its system on its head, it, w- it would be out of step with most other uh, systems within Europe which does create issues in terms of establishing a pan-European arrangement. For example, if somebody was to build up their savings in the UK, subject to tax, and then move to uh, another jurisdiction uh, where tax was paid on the way out, uh, there would have to be mechanisms in place to avoid that person being taxed twice. Equally, if someone was to build up their pot in a, in a member state where it was tax exempt and then say move to the UK and draw their benefits in the UK where drawing your benefits is exempt who would actually recover the tax and and how would that be worked out so you know there would be it would introduce real challenges for for this pan-european arrangement and in the past the European Commission has thrown its weight behind uh, having an EET system so we would also be out of step with what the European Commission uh, wants and and supports. Mm. All of these things suggest that it's maybe too hard <laughs> to completely revert the system. I mean, do you think do you think this is a way for the government to say we're listening to you, but actually it's going to be too complicated and we're going to have to do some kind of fiddling with the existing system? I, I hope that's where we end up. I hope that we end up with some kind of middle ground solution because I, I think, you know, the consensus seems to be that pensions tax relief does need to be looked at, does need to be reformed. Uh, but certainly before this budget, I think most people were expecting that to look like perhaps the introduction of some kind of flat rate tax relief, um, perhaps around the 25 or 30% mark. And I think personally, I think that would achieve a lot of the objectives uh, in terms of incentivising saving that George Osborne talks about um, and making the system simpler for people to understand. So I think you, would, you could have simpler messaging around that and it would also be fairer. Uh, but at the same time, it wouldn't mean a complete overhaul of the system, introducing the complexity that I described earlier. Uh, I think my w- the, the one big question is whether this consultation is, is a genuine open consultation exercise. If it is, I, I suspect we might end up perhaps in the middle ground. But I, I do have a, a slight concern that actually the primary focus here is deficit reduction. Um, and possibly the Treasury has already made its mind up on, on which way we should go. And if that's the case, um, I think we might end up with with a TEE system, which I think would be a real challenge for the industry. Mm. 
it, say they decided we are going to go ahead, we're going to flip the system on its head. How much time would the industry need? Because I mean, freedom and choice. Some of the issue with that was the the time scale mm -hmm. was so short. How much time do you think is realistic? Um, as long as possible. Um, <laughs> I think I think you're probably looking at least to two or three years, ideally. I mean, the industry had 12 months to get ready for freedom and choice, and we've we've seen uh, already that 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 wasn't long enough. Um, for the industry I think the government clearly was trying to get that through before the, the general election so hopefully if they were to turn it on its head they would give the industry at least two or three years to kind of um, make the changes that, that would be necessary and, and make the adjustments uh, but the industry I mean we've been through so much change if you think about the introduction of auto enrolment freedom and choice both hailed as kind of the biggest change for a generation uh, or perhaps longer Th this would rival that in terms of um, its, its magnitude and, and so the industry you know is facing yet another you know significant uh, and fundamental overhaul uh, if this does go ahead. Great um, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for so uh, thank you Tim and thank you for listening.